0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Thursday Live Lesson. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by these fine two gentlemen. We got Mr. Aaron, the voice now commercial. What's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Ferguson. Say, what's up, Kahai? What's up? I had asked Magic Mike to come on today, but he's like, <laughs> you know what? I'd rather make money. And I'm like, that's, you know what? You should, <laughs> yeah. especially in this climate. You oh, should yeah. definitely go and uh, and work instead. So congratulations on Mike and going back to work. The, uh, the, the uh, music store that's kind of just down the street uh, from me where Mike works is finally open, but they have, I guess, like limited hours and stuff, but at least he's working at least you know he's he's working so good mm-hmm. good for good for mike odo so it's just the three of us guys you know just second <laughs> week in a row it's just us no guests no nothing guy um you ready for this bud i was going <laughs> to say
1: it's like uh, when Urkel turned into Arkell, like Ste- or no. Kel, Steph- <laughs> yeah. like, Stefan. Stefan. Or Kel. Yeah. We're still going with that analogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, Mike so. is uh, smooth and cool now. <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. hang out with us lame-os anymore. It's, it's Michael, okay? It's, it's Mike and uh, Michael. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's so Michael not here. It's <laughs> Michael.
2: <laughs> oh, no because
0: oh Odo, oh, no. <laughs> oh, <doe. laughs> so yeah i mean maybe next week we'll have a guest and stuff but you know we'll, we have to kind of plan it out with with uh with Mikhail now because he's like a busy dude now you know i mean before it's like hey you want to jump on like 15 minutes before he's like oh yeah i got nothing else to, to do doing anything else but yeah good good for good for mike and stuff you know mm-hmm. and um so, Thursday Live Lesson is a place where we get all the questions and we answer them. I try to answer them as best as I can. My, You know, my two colleagues over here will answer, uh, you know, as best as they can. We'll come up with a super answer and that's it. You know, we'll try to help out as best as we can. We are live. We do have a live chat right now for all of you, you plus subscribers. So, chat it up. Ask us some questions and stuff. But before I get started, there's uh there's something that I kind of wanted to bring up with you guys and stuff. It is, you know, um, it it does... Uh, concern music and musicians in general in this you know in this kind of climate that we have right now. Um <clears throat> I just found out today via uh Brittany Piva that um that Mayor Caldwell is uh you know is, is labeling uh, musicians that play indoors that sing um, a super spreader of this disease has been found or not. So really. he's actually, yeah, he's he's putting a ban on like uh, on live music indoors. That like that sing and stuff. And oh, of course, okay. like a lot of you know, a lot of people were excited to kind of go back and play music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um and, and now they're like now they're saying like oh you know these people that <laughs> sing you can't not you I guess like instrumentalists and stuff like I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You know, the, Jake could do it I guess so not saying, just a spreader <laughs> but a super spreader <laughs>
2: that's what they're
0: saying but I guess you know because if you want to project and stuff like you have to. You know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of not yell, but, you know, you have to project and and that causes a lot more droplets and stuff. But, you know, yeah. that is kind of sad for the people who were excited to kind of go back because the, you know, restaurants and stuff um, started, you know, started kind of open up again. And of course, mm-hmm. musicians are like, oh, if you're open, then can we play music and whatnot? So and it's already kind of kind of hard um, to be a musician on Oahu. Like. For us, like, we're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we play this gig and whatnot. But for some people, that's like, that's their livelihood. So, mm-hmm. and to just kind of like, you can't, oh, wait, never mind, you can't, you know. So, my love goes out to all the musicians over on Oahu because... That sucks. That that sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean, you know, um it was weird to hear it from Brittany because I don't think she sings, you know, so I'm just like, I think you're safe, right? Like but um I, I don't know. I don't know what the details are and stuff, but my love does go out to them. So I just yeah. wanted to start this off with saying my love and, and you know, I have a lot of like musician friends on Oahu and stuff, and and that sucks. You know, it sucks yeah, sucks. Yeah, here on Kauai, yeah. it hasn't reached yet and stuff. So I think a bunch of people are you know playing here on the island. I think I saw a uh, a clip of fingers. You know, we've uh, we've had fingers on um, on one of our lessons. Um him and Shiloh Paw, I saw a clip of them playing at I believe it was Bullshed. And yeah. um yeah, they're they're kind of continuing on and doing they're, they're doing their thing. So more power to all the, you know, bands and singers and stuff on Kauai who are uh, who finally have work again because for some people that's how they feed their families, you know. So sad. Sad. <laughs> what do you think, Kahai? I it yeah, I was sad?
1: Thinking, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that they make the distinction too that it's indoor singers, right? And not yeah. outdoor singers. Because, like, or even, like, and I was thinking you said about Britney, like, mm. but, like, I'm guessing Brittany when she does her stage shows or whatever, she has a mic just to talk to the audience, right? Mm, it's like, is, yeah. is are people going to, or, like, if somebody sees that, are they going to think, like, oh, she's she's a musician and she's a singer. She can't be doing that, right? So, like, <laughs> it's all of these kinds of things. It's, like, hard to tell, like, what effect it will have and, like, how the distinctions you know people will react to that you know or if people will because i don't know if like i wonder if people will take it seriously you know be like ah you're a super spreader
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean people are already like starting petitions and stuff to like to to reverse the decision to do Mm -hmm.
1: that Mm -hmm. but it's
0: kind of insane and i know we we always kind of like steer around like you know the the topic of COVID and stuff because we're like we're not doctors or scientists or whatever we don't you know so we never talk about it but this does involve like music and musicians and stuff and I feel like that's something that we can kind of like talk a little bit about but yeah. um, now yeah. now with that said let's let's put that away now I just want to just kind of say a little bit about it I don't want to yeah. make a full episode because <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. this is an escape this show was an escape from all that craziness so now that we've said that I stand behind my musician brothers and sisters and, you know, so hopefully you guys get your jobs back. But yeah, Kahai. So we do have questions. So why don't you hit me with the first question that I can answer for you, bud?
1: Uh, last we- week we had a, uh, we did a review for Wesley, right? Uh, yeah. A student review. Yeah. So he just like sent us a message and he said, thanks for the feedback, guys. Um, mm-hmm. I was intentionally trying to keep the beat as rigid as possible when I recorded mm-hmm. the cello suite prelude. Uh, I appreciate mm-hmm. your feedback about dynamics and campanella style. I've been practicing a mm. Campanella style D major skill and I've switched over to mm. learning, uh, Jesu Joy of Mans. Um, do you oh, have any, yesu. <laughs> yeah, yes, sorry. Uh, do you have any yeah. suggestions on exercises I can do to improve my dynamic range? It's not, uh, merging. Mm. I, it's not so merging. I focused on. So sounds like he's asking for help with dynamics. Okay,
0: nice, with nice. Uh, with with dynamics, uh, you know, and, and thanks for kind of, I don't know if you took our advice and kind of focused on something else or you were already kind of doing that. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good to kind of, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yesu is an awesome, awesome song. I've, I've been kind of wanting to do that for for the uh for the solos the ue plus solos here on ukulele underground but it's, it's kind of tough because um there's like a second part in it that i'm not quite sure about but i can commentate on the on the beginning part i, I do play that song and i play it in f and the advice that i can give is um <clears throat> is to think about kind of waves so that's it's like it's got this kind of wave feel so So if you're gonna do that, you know, that line, think of it, there is like this kind of wave that kinda of happens with as far as dynamics. So and it goes So it's almost like that one, one two, three, one, 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 two, three. And um if as long as you're kind of um you you've got this kind of wave. Not not necessarily a gallop, but it's more like a wave on, on those beat ones. I think that's what you should uh, what you should focus on. If you can um distinctly <clears throat> separate those, you know, those uh those beat ones from the rest, I think you you're gonna be in, in uh in, in good I'm mm, in mean, good shape, man. Like, um, and and really approach it with as much flesh as possible. That's another. That's another advice. Um, because it's it's like very um, what's the word here? It's it's a, like a gentle kind of sog. I don't even know how to describe it. It's you know, it's um, it's delicate. That's the best way mm-hmm. I, I can put it, I guess. It's it's a very delicate piece. So even though you're adding an accent to those beat ones, it's not like an accent of like... You know, it's not like... It's just that it's louder, you know, than, than the others, but it's still handled very delicately, you know, than, than the rest. So my advice, especially with that line... It's a lot of that pointer finger that's kind of like going, going up and you're kind of doing this. If you're using two fingers, that's all good. But for the most part, it's a lot of this kind of up, you know, upstrokes, and you're keeping this up. pointer finger. I don't know if you're using the same arrangement. Pointer finger on the fifth fret is kind of do, you know, doing that, um, doing that line. And that line is the most like kind of important line in that, you know, in that song. Make sure that you're, you know, uh, that you're hitting it with as much flesh as possible, so that it's warmer, so that it's not as, uh,
1: as kind of as punchy. You know, you don't want it punchy. Uh, what do you guys think? yeah i think um uh a lot of dynamics like learning dynamics is uh experimenting like trying to play you know not even play a song just like try and play something as soft as you can and then try and play it as loud as you can and like working to build it up and then bring it back down and seeing how you're doing that you know like physically how you're you're are you you're putting more emphasis into your strum or you're hitting it Mm -hmm. with your nail or how you're affecting tone too and how it's coming through so like um uh there's that youth minutes with jake right with the pluck strum and he talks about Mm -hmm. like hitting your you're trying to emphasize just one string you hit all the strings at the same time but one string should come out more clear and like that's Mm -hmm. the kind of things that i think would help you is if you just like try and play around with like yeah it's kind of getting to know what is the dynamic range of your instrument first off to know like okay so normally I play here but I have like this much more headroom to go either louder or I have like this much more headroom to go softer and then how do I apply that like uh, emotionally to my music you know like what am Mm -hmm. I trying to say with uh, by going either softer or louder and I think that'll help you Yeah. So to give people kind of a visualization of what
0: Kahai was talking about um you know like say for example this is your dynamic range you know like this is the lowest that you can possibly go and this is the highest that you can possibly go okay in, if in volume yeah in volume yeah in yeah. dynamics and yeah, mm-hmm. in, in volume so right this is you know this is as low as you can go and as high as you can go in volume now if you're uh, if you're hitting the strings like how you normally would with a picking it's usually a little bit louder than usual so that would mean you're kind of starting off from like right here so your threshold Is only this much but what you want to do is if this is the um, if this is your dynamic range you want to start off right here right in the middle okay so that you can go lower you can go higher you know you can go louder and you can go softer so make sure that you understand where your uh, dynamic range is as far as the loudest that you can go and as far as the lowest that you can go or softest that you can go so be mindful of that so that's great advice guy
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah i think um uh john mayer like he did a berkeley talk and he talks about like besides you know volume dynamic range he talks about like when you're soloing or when you're doing stuff mm-hmm. there's like the energy that you put into your playing you know if you start just mm-hmm. ripping on your solo and you play all the notes and like mm-hmm. if you're improvising you know with people and you, you start off with that as a solo it's like people will be mm-hmm. excited but then if they turn back to you and they go like oh Take, take one more run, take one more run. It's like, where do I go from there, right? Guess, like, right? You, you, you saw <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, I yeah. got to go softer, I guess, or something, you know? So it's like, that that <laughs> yeah. plays into it too. Like, feeling the energy and where you want the music to flow to
0: yeah you go uh you go ara- uh on arabic scales that's where you go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you got
2: nothing else <laughs> that is exactly Actually, what i, was I thinking mean, about too. yeah in in that video um there is a part where you kind of bring it up mm-hmm. and then you um you throw it to kalay right yeah. so like you're you're doing your solo for a reason, mm-hmm. and then you're you kind of like bring it up bring it up and then kalay it's kalay's turn yeah. And Kalei purposefully brings it way down mm-hmm. so that he can build it up, you know. Yeah. So, so it's smart. like it, yeah, as it's, it's smart. just smart playing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you can kind of gauge from that, like you yeah. know, what he was already thinking in his mind. Yeah. But um, but yeah, for as far as dynamics, um, and putting it into the context of a song, maybe even without your ukulele, if you listen to the song maybe try moving your body swaying um getting the feel of the song and then Mm. from that you can translate your dynamics so like you know when you go when you move to the right you play a little bit more and you to Mm. the left you play a little bit less and that'll kind of help you kind of i don't know bring it bring it into context yeah um because that, that's kind of what Aldrin was talking about with the wave right you kind of mm. want to bring it up and then bring it down and so like if you have a hard time conceptualizing when mm. should i bring it up or when mm. should i bring it back down maybe bring it back to just like um feeling yeah. out the music maybe mm. just swaying or nodding your head mm. and then um and then that can give you some like cues i guess yeah. like you know physical cues mm. as to where you should do those things because that's kind of the kind of thing where like like if somebody is listening to you play, they're mm-hmm. doing that. And so if your dynamics match what they feel in their body anyway, that, mm. the, you know, the better your music translates. Yeah
0: yeah and i mean it's uh it's it's three four time so um it's just think of a waltz really like Mm -hmm. if you if you can visualize a waltz and two people kind of doing the waltz and you can you know you can see where your dynamic you know your dynamic should change or should flow if you kind of Mm -hmm. imagine that imagine your ukulele kind of you know uh kind of doing that with uh, or two ukuleles waltzing even you know like you (laughs) want to you want to be able to portray that with uh with with your playing you want to give the audience that feeling of swing. Um, I was watching this video of of the Beatles because the Beatles, like, never really uh, did music theory. But why were they, like, so good, you know? Like, one of the things that um, that that video was talking about is that, uh, you know, in... In some songs that were three-four time, they didn't know what three-four was. Like, they didn't read music, <laughs> you know, didn't read or write music. So for them, they're just like, okay, well, Ringo, um, in this part, we're gonna do. Uh, it- it's like a waltz, you know, <laughs> it's like a waltz time. <laughs> so it's kind of like that same thing. You don't even have to think of it as three-four. Just think about it like as a waltz, and if you can kind of imagine that, then you'll get the, you know, you get the feel instead of like, like okay, one two three, one two three, one two. Three. <laughs> Which you can do too, but if you just Really, just like feel it out, like bump boom, one, and then swing, and then swing. it's like, like that's what uh, what's what Aaron was talking about. Like, kind of move your body to those kind of uh movements in in the song,
1: and if you translate that to your ukulele, it should be in good shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. there's, I, I think, besides that, like you know, besides focusing only on dynamics or practicing dynamics like moving your body is like a great advice for everybody because um there's a video from Adam Neely where he said that earlier on in his career he thought it's like oh it's more professional if you're just standing there and you're standing still and you're not moving around and you're just like the background musician right but then Mm -hmm. he like uh looking into it he's like but I I don't feel the rhythm the same if I'm not like Bobbing my head or moving my body or okay. doing something. And he said, like, scientifically, they look at, um, musicians who do that and they, they do have, like, a better sense of the music and it does help them learn music better when, Cause your, your sense of motion is like intrinsically locked to your perception of music too. So it does help. Like mm-hmm. even if you, you know, you're playing along, along. I, I totally understand. Like people are, are like, Oh, I feel silly though. Like bobbing in my own house or doing stuff, but it's like, no, but it, it, you know, it, it's your connection to the music. So yeah, it's like, if you can feel that, that's, you're trying to express yourself every way you can. So why not do that? You know, like. Why I try to tamper that <laughs> that feeling? It's like ah, just just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
0: every time I see like a musician on on stage or like, uh, especially like it was, since we're talking about bars and restaurants and stuff, if I see a musician like not moving, it always makes me feel like I'm watching a recital. You know, like. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. back straight and just you know like perfect posture you're supposed to do it uh-huh. like that and that's what it reminds me of it's like i don't want to sit in a recital like where i feel like i can't make any noise like i can't go whoo or you know like enjoy yeah. myself really uh. it's just and just like golf clap at the end of the you know performance mm-hmm. like i want to have a good time as an audience member i want to have a good time and um yeah so i'd rather watch someone like feng yi just like rock yeah out really and, get into uh, it yeah really get yeah. into it yeah. then you know then watch someone just like sit there on their piano like with their back straight and stuff So I I don't know, it's personal preference, I guess.
1: I think even piano teachers are starting to like kind of rescind that and realize that Mm. it's like kind of the you know the old school way of teaching but it doesn't really translate into like the real world because like they're now they're being like but why do we teach our kids to be so rigid and then once they reach adulthood it's like oh you should you know you should be moving with your, your music you should be, look like a really yeah. dynamic player getting really into it so they're like I guess we should just <laughs> let them start off like that and, you
2: because know. we beat it out of them early on yeah, yeah. Do, you,
0: do you guys think like um Mozart and Bach and all those guys like you know who composed like for piano do you think like they just like sat there and like and played their music with their back
1: straight or do you think that they rocked out <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I just read There's no right or wrong
0: answer <laughs> like no one knows really yeah
1: I, I well I think I think Bach did because I just read something where he said like yeah. I think it was Bach he said that even him like composing songs and like playing music he felt like it was very stuck up-ish like the people he was playing for you know he felt like it was like oh Mm. there's this aristocratic air to it and like all these people (laughs) were like yeah Yeah. 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 it's like ooh I I listen to this type of music ooh it's so but for him he was like almost Mm. joking on the inside because he was like I'm kind of making fun of the people who I'm making this music for (laughs) you know like without them realizing he would write letters about this Mm. So I I think even those guys, like, they... People think, like, oh, they were such serious musicians. But it was just... They were just expressing themselves at the time of the music that they knew about, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've... (laughs) Remember that time? This reminds me. um, We... Me and Aaron, as musicians, we you know like we we get we get gigs from like all kinds of places and stuff. And one one of the gigs that we're not too keen of taking are always weddings. You know, like, there's <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> there's you never day. know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because uh, expectation is. Yeah, our like our show is very dynamic. It's very like, look at me and look at me solo. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. strum as fast as I can and as loud yeah. as I can mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like it takes away from like the bride and groom. You know, but like and sometimes we would take it i mean if they're like oh how about we give you this much money It's like well for that i guess i'll do whatever you want me to do so you know like we we go ahead and do it but then i just feel bad at the end it's like man i just i i just made sure the audience looks at me you know like what about the bride and stuff and the bride and groom comes they're like man that was good i was like was it though i felt super bad you know like just and uh some of the songs we play are like inappropriate for a wedding you know (laughs) and uh yeah and that's that really just depends i guess on on the audience like if if your audience is just a bunch of people like wanting to see a recital then maybe yeah you should keep your back straight (laughs) aristocratic yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah i don't know Uh, i yeah i think i I think it's good that they're revising it now and they're looking at it and being like no it's not really supposed to be that serious you know there are some (laughs) things like with your posture when you're playing like piano or when you're playing ukulele too that it is important but you know it's like it's not supposed to be like something that kills your your joy of playing music it's just like oh Mm -hmm. you just do this because like if not you might get carpal tunnel or something you know yeah (laughs) do
0: you
2: have any other questions guy
1: uh no, I uh, that was yeah that was I think that was pretty much it. Okay, cool. Well, we Actually,
2: have a live um, chat. Oh. Well, I I got a question in email. Okay. Uh, earlier this week, it was from Charles. So Charles came to the retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Jasper. Oh yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah so okay. yeah, so he um was he's he has a kanilea, mm-hmm. and he has he was trying to restring it, but mm-hmm. he noticed that when he was um restringing the a um. I cause Kanilea used bridge print br- bridge pins mm-hmm. to keep it into the in the in the bridge. Right, right. Keep the string in the bridge. And he noticed that the, the pin was popping out when he was putting it up hmm. to tension. So yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um I mean I answered his question already. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Like, Well uh, you usually, <laughs> usually like when out when you know when when I
0: change it. I mean that it sometimes happens, but it's it rarely does and stuff. So I would double knot it. And then when I put it in um there's like t- there's a side to the you know to the bridge pins usually there's like the hollow you know the hollow side and like the solid side so i use the solid side uh facing this way so usually like in guitar you would have the hollow side facing this way but mm-hmm. i actually um do it the opposite where like the the solid side is facing here um usually guitars need it so that that's kind of where the string like you know pops out of there's like a little hole and stuff to pops out of but for for ukulele is um, in the way that it's built, it has the slot for it already, so it doesn't really matter if you have the hollow side or not. So, and when you uh, when you put it in, push it here, and then uh, and then tune it up, mm-hmm. tune it up there, so that it doesn't kind of pop up. So if you're if you maintain kind of the push, and then uh, and then tune, it should get used to it being kind of put down. And once it gets used to the tension, it shouldn't pull on it for the most mm-hmm. part. And is that what you said
2: to him? Well, I I told him that um, most the like because it it sometimes happens with my guitar too. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes when that is happening, it's because the knot on your string is probably getting caught at the bottom of the pin. Mm-hmm. So like, say this is the pin, and then right. your string goes to it. You know, like the knot is at the bottom. Yeah, so put a knot here. The knot mm-hmm. is getting caught, like you know, on the pin on the pin on the bottom of the pin and it really mm. should be on the side and the yeah in yeah, yeah. Pin is just kind of holding it in place mm-hmm. so what i told him to do is to like take your string and then kind of like curve it make it so it has like a little bit of a curve to it mm-hmm. and then when you put it into the hole you kind of like sound. yeah it kind of cool it, it goes into the hole in your bridge mm-hmm. and then it kind of just goes inward that way yeah. and then your pin goes like this yeah and then yeah, that way you know the knot doesn't get caught on the bottom <laughs> of the pin and then pull it out smart so, yeah. Smart,
0: yeah. smart 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 so, yeah i mean it should catch like when you uh, when you make your knots and you put it in because it has like the little uh the slits where it should be you should just make sure that it catches already so that it's um that's what i do anyway you can do like you know aaron's way and stuff but what i do is i i catch it so that like when I put the uh, when you when I put the bridge pin, it's already like um, right where the notch should be on the slit yeah. itself, you know, when yeah. when I when I put it on. But I mean, there's lots of ways you can prevent that. But most likely, what it's doing is from what you know, from what Aaron is saying, it's catching at the bottom. So any way you can prevent that from happening should should be good yeah yeah it's yeah. a good one
2: <laughs> so yeah so he was he was mm-hmm. having um he was having trouble i guess he had never restrung in ukulele before mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. he didn't know mm-hmm. and um we really need to redo our re-stringing yes. video it's <laughs> so, so old and ghetto yeah and there's like so, so much
0: you know different like bridges and, and stuff that's kind of yeah come out and headstocks stocks so. too yeah so, yeah, so um, I've yeah. I've even changed the way that um, the way that I uh, the way that I do it and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I've changed the way that I change strings, and it's kind of cool. I've I've made like weird knots and stuff because I've noticed that a lot of the strings that I use uh, slip right, you know, right here with the with the slotted headstock. Like it slips uh-huh. and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. So uh, what I do is like I um, I put it into the hole going this way. And then um, I kind of like tie a knot, like on the roller itself, you know, mm-hmm. like on on the on the tuner. And then like and I, and I pull it out, so it's inside. Plus, it's kind of like it has a knot on the roller, so it's it it catches yeah, twice. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's cool, and it doesn't slip that way, you know. Like, and I I save a lot of uh, save a lot of time with
2: like, oh my god, oh
0: no, it's slipping again.
2: <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. So, so originally, when he sent the question, the way that he phrased it, I thought that that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like the tuning peg, it was kind of the string yeah. itself was slipping out of the tuning yeah, peg. Because yeah. sometimes, if you cut it too early mm-hmm. and your strings don't have time to to um, get stretch stretch out, it'll mm-hmm. slip and then it'll totally come out of the, yeah, the tuning yeah. peg. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why Aldrin just like loops it and keeps the excess on there yeah yeah so that if it, um, like
0: if it stretches and whatever yeah, yeah
2: so if you look at his ukulele that he has holding in his right hand now, right now, yeah, it's all these <laughs> that's exactly what he's done yeah um but then i did send him a couple different ways that you can um you can kind of set up that tying mm-hmm. um so that it doesn't slip if oh, good. You know, if he didn't have, if he a- had already cut mm. it and didn't mm. have too much, there are there are ways that you can you can kind of um, keep prevent it from slipping. But mm.
0: yeah, yeah. What I used to do, especially with the A and the G, since it was like skinnier strings, you know, I'd like put it into the uh, into the into the slot and I'd like pull it out and put it back in the slot again. So that yeah, it creates that, like a you know like put a, it the,
2: the opposite yeah. way and then back into the, right, the right.
0: hole. Um, so I. Yeah. I used to do that. Now I do it a little bit different. Or I would okay. do that and on and like the uh, and the knot around the thing. So that yeah. creates basically a knot just around the you know like where the hole is and in, in the, the two because the, there's the two slits. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it, it creates like that knot around the two slits. But I create a knot on the slit and a knot around the uh, the roller itself. Mm-hmm. So and it it works like especially yeah. with the with the AG Cross AQ strings that I have and stuff. They're pretty slippery on this side, and I I do get a lot of people that are like, oh, I tried to put it on and like and it snapped and it broke because I guess like you know. Were, it might have it might have yeah. slipped out right? <laughs> it might have slipped out or like um because it slipped out they have to like uh, you know pull it out again and 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 try to redo it and then it's it's like too short and then it snaps so yeah we really got to you know we really got to do that again speaking of yeah. which I just talked to Akila the other day and I know I said this a long time ago and stuff but, <laughs> like I have gotten like a new contract because um I'm about to redo it because my old contract was just for the tenors and stuff but now that they're doing um soprano concert and baritone like we I I Signed a new one. It should be on its way. So all of the people who are asking me, I told you it wasn't my fault. <laughs> like just so they're like, you know, like oh we just need your approval and we need you know, your signature. Just like you could have told me this like a while back, but that's cool. No, no, no not matter or anything. But you know, I. I did it. I approved of it. It's all good. I asked for um, for a clear, not not clear, but unwound low G. And uh, it was kind of funny because they're like, well, our only unwound low G right now are like the reds. Do you mind if it's red? I was like, I do mind if it's red. Please don't have it be red. <laughs> <laughs> so they're working on unwound low Gs for a tenor as well. So it's, it's mm-hmm. set. It's there. It's signed going nice. so all of you folks who've been wanting uh my strings and different um in different sizes they should be available soon
2: ish <laughs> <laughs> that means that usually means like next year or <laughs> yeah in see, two been, quarters or something saying
0: this whole time i was like see it's not me i told you <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, so that's 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 good news on on, on this side. So, yeah. Uh any anything else? There any questions from the uh, from the audience, guy.
1: Yeah, um, Josh asked a question. Uh, he said, "Any tips on practice techniques on uh, finding notes high on the neck without looking?"
0: Mm, um, for me, when I was starting out and I was kind of you know like figuring out my fretboard. I actually um, cut the fretboard in half. Like that's what you know. That's what I did, and it worked for me. I know that we have a video of like mastering your fretboard and stuff, and using the dots and kind of using acronyms for those for those dots and whatnot. That's good too, you know. But I old school uh, the way that I did it is I cut it off in the um, on the fifth fret. So on the fifth fret, anything you know below the fifth fret um, because it's not that much. I would kind of just concentrate on memorizing that, and then. I, I you know then I would know. And then um anything above the 5th fret that's what I would memorize all the way up until 12. So 5 frets and then 7 frets here. But you know using your your uh, your dots as a guide is a huge 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 advantage. So for example, if I'm learning the uh, the ukulele um from say f- the 5th fret on, I know on the 5th fret I have C, I have F i have a and i have d okay and then on the seventh fret i have d i have g i have uh b and i have e and then knowing on the um on the 10th fret i have f then i have uh, b flat then i have d then i have g so if you uh focus on those dots first and then like focus and focus on the rest of the notes in uh, in relation to the dots so for example um if i know that you know the the dots on the seventh fret like i mentioned is going to be d g b e if i'm playing say a string eighth fret i know that on the dot with the a string that's my e note so that means half a step from the E is an F, so I don't even have to be like, okay, it's uh, A, A sharp, B, C, C sharp. I don't have to do all that. I just need to know here on the, you know, on the um, uh, on the third dot is E. The fret after that's got to be F. But um, I I give the advice of cutting it in half because it's like if you try to focus on the entire fretboard all one time, it's it's going to be pretty difficult. But if you cut it in two. And then uh, memorize one first, and then the other. It should be
1: a lot easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I I think coming from like a, a playing standpoint of like uh-huh. not because I I tell a lot of people like if you that's the thing is like we we might not know the names of notes like mm-hmm. if you ask us what is the the name of the the note on the eighth fret for your you know G string or your E string or something then we'll like look at our ukuleles and be like uh that is uh and like do the calculation in our head to figure out the name right Mm. but if you if we're playing a song like i can just run up the neck and i know like what notes are like safe to play or what notes uh, i can just start like soloing over and doing stuff and uh Mm. like uh dream teaches that in Solo Secrets, so that's, like, really helpful, is learning the two modes. But then also, like, taking that into application, like, what I'll do sometimes is um the, the mode that I, I play in usually, you know, for, like, a solo. Like, say you're playing Drop Baby Drop or something, and you're playing the intro solo. Like, mm-hmm. instead of playing it on that, that mode that you usually play it on, I'll play it on the other mode that, you know, the other island. Or I'll play it farther up the neck, you know, to, like, diversify... Yeah. The notes that i know and they're the same notes but i'm just like i like that helps me like oh so these same notes are over here also on the neck and also over Mm -hmm. here up on the neck you know it's like yeah yeah, that's that's how you just get familiar with it i think is like you just play songs in different parts of the neck so
2: yeah yeah Yeah, i think it's it's less about knowing the names of the notes and more memorizing the patterns of Mm -hmm. safe notes and, and then you can expand from there but um, another that well solo secrets revealed is really good because that that really introduces that concept really well and mm-hmm. then um, another good um, kind of practice tool is if you if you know your scale um, what there was one that imua showed and it was just him kind of like playing around with the scale like all mm-hmm. the way from the top of the scale on I mean, to- top of his fretboard moving down. And he was just um staying on the scale notes, but he was using just the E and A string and he was mm. going <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> You know? And, and if you just keep doing that, it, you'll get that muscle memory mm-hmm. and you'll feel it. And then when you move to a different scale, it feels exactly the same, just in a different position. So mm-hmm. so yeah, so um, check out Imua's, I forget what it was called, but we'll, we'll put a link to it in the um, show notes. But yeah, Imua did um, kind of like a really quick um, rundown of what he does. And that's like really practical, you know, for, mm-hmm. for just... Um, being able to feel what notes would be right in a certain scale, mm-hmm. yeah, or in a certain key. I think
0: yeah, I guess I guess an alien man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think <laughs> yeah. Chris has some exercises too in his masterclass, yeah, right? Yeah, like running through notes and stuff. So yeah, yeah. It, it is like just kind of yeah. And Cameron came back, or not Cameron? joss came back and said uh, more of a question of building muscle memory to move my fingers quickly between lower notes and higher notes. I'm learning while my guitar gently uh, sleeps and the quick jumps are slowing me down because I have to find the note visually before I can strum. Mm. Yeah, and I think like, if that's a case is like you can break down just a lot of people will try to play through the whole song just break down that transition first you know like just go from just do the the go back and forth between those notes until you can do it without like looking you know you close your eyes and you can just feel like where you are in the neck yeah for yeah, that particular confident. stuff
2: yeah yeah
0: just must have been, just doing it over and over there's really no substitution for just like hard work <laughs> i guess right mm-hmm. cuz if you do it over and over you'll just ingrain it in your head that like okay well that's it's here you know like if i have to go you know like if you're going to if we're playing one like guitar just and weeps that's like one of the ones that like will really get up there like how how does someone know that you have to, uh, or how does someone practice? You have to have your pinky finger on fourteen and then pointer finger on eleven. Like eleven and fourteen seems like you know pretty abnormal for for uh, for anything really. C string eleven, like you never really hit that for anything, you know. So uh, going from this, like how do you like practice? You know something like that. So with uh, with, with this, it's because um. I just visualize it as I need the B notes and, and the B note is gonna be one fret below the C note on the A string. So if my twelfth fret is the same thing as my open strings here, I know that the B note is the fourteenth fret because if this is twelve that's fourteen. So I'm going from here. And I just kind of Cut off the rest of my uh, the rest of my ukulele here on the twelfth fret, and I know I'd have to hit that one. And for my as far as the eleven goes, I know that the twelfth fret is right there. Eleven is just one fret below it. So really, using the dots and kind of visualizing as uh, it as if I'm kind of playing this note, like that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And it makes and it makes sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he should just like practice that, like just repeat that over, part. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. over and over. Just, just that part.
0: drill it, just drill it in your head.
1: Yeah. 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 And until the.
0: <laughs> There's no substitute for it, really. Just keep <laughs> drilling.
1: And, and what might help, too, is like instead of trying to twist your ukulele to look at the, the dots or like mm-hmm. looking down look at a mirror for like practice in front of a mirror and look at the mirror and then close your eyes like and and to see if you you land on the note without like you know using your visual uh response yeah
0: Mm -hmm. nice any more questions
2: oh uh uh kind of related to that jim just asked do you have um side markers on your i do i do yeah or I don't know oh. if he's asking if Josh does but oh, you know oh, yeah. that that's helpful if you do have that. Yes, 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 yes. You don't, <laughs> my, to, you don't have to look at the front of your yeah. <laughs>
0: my uh, my custom ones and stuff like the Aljingerra models do not have the dots in the front.
2: So but they, have, they only oh, have the side they markers. Own, yeah, right? They only have the side
0: markers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really need the ones in front because uh I'm when I'm holding my ukulele, it's here anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it, I'm not doing this, you know? So it's, it's very important to have it in the side. I think it's more important to have it in the side than having. have it in the mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Ritesh's question was, uh, classical guitar players will always use a support or strap and their fretting hand never supports the neck. Hawaiian players have a huge range of playing styles. Uh do you guys have opinions?
0: Um yeah, really. It's it's just a difference in style. I've seen people hold the ukulele, like I mean Hawaiian musicians hold it in just the weirdest ways and I'm like, well if it works for them, then that's, you know, that's fine. who we'll am mm-hmm. I to tell them that they're doing it wrong? Like the weirdest one, I've seen somebody put it like up here and like in their hand is, like, over here somewhere. And that's, like, how they do their strum. And I'm just like, okay, you yeah. have that floats boat. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, that works. You know, really, um, it's just, if you can get the note clean, if you, you know, if you're not straining yourself and stuff, it's fine. You can, you know, play behind your neck if you want to. But for, uh, for the most part, The reason why we teach it a certain way is because some of the techniques that, you know, that come afterwards flow into uh, how, you know, how we explain holding your ukulele to begin with. So it's like in the front, like how Aaron was saying, and in front of you and whatever, and, and not so much against your body like this. And you're holding it, putting it on your lap and whatnot. Because when you do the strumming and then you do chunks and rolls and stuff, it just flows. If you're doing it this way and trying to do a chunk and a roll, you know, doing it from here, it doesn't really work, you know? So um, you can do chunks and rolls from that angle, but you would have to, like, change it up. But for us... In order to kind of explain you know these mm. techniques and and have a certain flow to it that's how we uh, explain it on, ukulele on the ground but yeah i've seen tons of different you know different ways that people have have held the ukulele and and play it and i've seen them play it well too i'm just like that's mm. that's cool you know like that's that's totally fine
1: <laughs> yeah i i think that that style of holding the ukulele like that right mm. is like real really reminiscent of like older players who like play a lot of like that hawaiian like triplets drums yeah. or do that kind of stuff yeah. like
0: i don't know how how up here like works you know just i just don't yeah and not for me i guess you know different yeah. strokes <laughs> yeah and but they figure out how,
1: how it works and i think it comes from like that uh like here in hawaii we don't we didn't really have like a formal way of like learning music you know there's like hula and stuff like that but there you know if you ask somebody how to learn music here it's not like you you go or before it wasn't like you would go to some place and they'd be like, okay, well, we're going to sit you down and we're going to teach you all these things. It's like you just learn from somebody who already knew or something and you mm. you might learn bits and pieces of what they know but it's like usually they won't be like okay here's my full course with everything laid out and here's my my what here's the booklet that we're gonna use and everything it's just like uh i have an hour on friday i'll teach you one song or whatever you know if you if you get that so it's like a lot of that is just like we learn bits and pieces of it and then it's just like figure it out the rest ourselves and that's how you get all these different like divergences right of all these yeah. different ways of playing yeah
0: mean play whatever your culture i mean there's back then it's not like there was like an ukulele underground or a uh you know or jumping gyms or whatever that kind of showed you how you know how you <laughs> should be holding your ukulele or whatever they're just like do i play it like this yeah i guess i play it like this now you know like <laughs> and it worked if it works for them then it works for them you know and i'm sure guitar has you know has its own thing too like when uh when punk music first came out like i mean it was—it's kind of absurd to see like guitars all the way down and like in 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 their crotches and stuff. Like to be playing <laughs> it that way, it's like, why would you do that when your like wrist is like. You know, over uh, really? like, overextended <laughs> and stuff. You know, yeah. like, it's kind of in, in weird ways. So it's same thing. It's not just necessarily Hawaiian music, but in all kinds of different music, there's weird ways that people you know hold
1: it. it it's just in music in general, right? Like it evolves yeah. over time. Because yeah. like if you look at like old classical paintings and ro- or romantic paintings of like mm-hmm. musicians, they have like old paintings where like there's musicians holding cellos like on their shoulder or they're holding guitars. <laughs> Like they would hold a violin, you know, like or early versions of what would eventually become guitars. And people look at that and they're like, Oh, that's silly. Like the painter must have not known, like, they it must have been like their interpretation of what they're holding, right? Like mm-hmm. they they just thought that's how you hold the instrument, but it's like, no, these painters were painting how they saw <laughs> people play. And it's just that yeah. there was no structured way, and there wasn't one person saying, like, Hey, everybody, hold your things like this. This is how. How you play it, yeah is like that came way <laughs> later so yeah you it's, know
0: what's a good idea holding
1: it like this yeah <laughs> oh no, i guess we should hold it on our laps and even like early guitars <laughs> like if you look at the shapes they're all different shapes and then it was only one yeah. person who like figured out like oh this kind of gourd shape works really well <laughs> like let's kind of start like standardizing that you know so yeah it, it's what do you think of as like maybe like structured or is like the classical style or like oh this is er- the way that everybody does it it's like that's probably only the last like 100 200 years that everybody has been playing it like that but before that you know it's like it probably was a wild west where like nobody had a straight idea and everybody just played whatever they could figure out worked so yeah don't mm-hmm. I think don't get stuck on that don't get stuck on like thinking like yeah. oh I gotta play like that classical style or I gotta play like yeah. that guy you know yeah yeah it's I always mean, changing. we just
0: saw we saw Corey whipping out some classical music, you know, the other, uh, the other week and he holds it just like, like normal. He doesn't hold it right here between his legs and you know, been, like, kind of class guitar, you know, like Paco de Lucia or whatever. I know. I think Paco holds it regular, but I just see like classical musicians were like between their legs and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. But, a lot of you know, them too, like certain schools,
1: a lot of them too, like do the bent wrist thing too. And mm-hmm. now like that's. Becoming the thing, right? Where they're like saying like, no, don't do that. Cause that is what leads to Carpatano. That's mm-hmm. like the main cause of Carpatano, but that's yeah. the way it was taught before. So,
0: yep. I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with like um, with like recital kind of you know like performances like for for some people like that look was just like good posture good whatever you know like it looked good even though like it was bad for your wrists or whatever bad you know uh, bad for whatever joints it's bad for but they think it looks nice so they just like oh well you're supposed to hold like this because that's nice
2: <laughs> it looks good <laughs> yeah. yeah presentable yeah Yeah,
0: but it's more practicality now it's like you you want to hold it down here you know like when you're playing punk music because you're only playing really the top three strings or four (laughs) strings (laughs) Yeah, so but I don't know. I mean, come on, guys. Even like you've never held your guitar like that before. Everyone, <laughs> everyone has held their guitar or ukuleles. You know, down like down there. You know, like I I, I remember many 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 days with my electric guitar, just like down here, just rocking out to Blink One Eight
1: Two or Green Day. <laughs> I put a strap a strap locks on my guitar because oh. of like that early, like when I was playing in high school, my electric guitar. And I've had, like, times where I'm playing in the high school, like, or I don't know what it was called, like, kind of pop band or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a part of the the whole band program. Uh, But I was playing guitar, and then my strap, because I'm playing it so low, my strap came off, so Mm -hmm. I had to hold my guitar, but we're still playing. (laughs) I had to hold my my electric and try and play at the same time until, like, the next song, you know, the song finishes, and I can put the strap back on. So, like, after getting out of high school, I was like, Oh, that was really dumb of me. I like if I can still play like that, but I'm gonna put a strap lock on my guitar. At least that way it won't come off. You yeah, know make sure <laughs> it Never
0: again, never again. Yeah. Like
1: it goes back to that
0: like that story I that I told like Craig and Sarah. It's like, you know, maybe you shouldn't put your uh the, the strap like mm-hmm. you know the strap peg? It's it's supposed to be down here and not up here. They're like they put their strap peg up here instead. Because but you shouldn't put it there because when you have your strap on that's gonna pull you and it's gonna go and lo and behold they're performing in front of thousands of people at the breakfast nam show and then on <laughs> on video like on big because you know like there's like the cameras and behind them is like the big screens that everybody mm-hmm. can see them perform and stuff like all of a sudden i think it was sarah like sarah's ukulele just like comes off the strap just to like hold it just like uh-huh. i did you know and mm. then she was telling me like, I immediately thought of Dre saying like, "No, you should put it down there." <laughs> probably not put it <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. See, and now uh, it's kind of cool because if you look at the ukulele, there's like a white dot here, like where the, the hole used to be, <laughs> like, uh-huh. and uh, and and Joe just like patched it up with like a white dot. See, it's, it's a scarlet letter. God, I'm just like yeah, I'm, <laughs> scarlet dot. I'm like, hey, Dre told you so. <laughs> We should, if I only listen to (laughs) Aldreen.
1: if we get them on a podcast, right, we have to like subtly like, so, um. Uh, where, where's the best position to put your strap peg <laughs> uh, can you, can you talk, talk? <laughs> the roast of Craig and Sarah
0: <laughs> we have so much
1: <laughs> there, there's only we, we can only get them on that so we gotta make the most out of it <laughs> I know they're so good now
0: like um, mm-hmm. I remember one of the uh, one of the things that Craig would say is because uh, there was there was this one time we hung out with jake like we were in eugene and jake was playing a show in eugene and like and uh i think after his show like he wanted to go like shoot some pool or whatever i mean jake is like a great pool player a billiard player you know and uh Mm -hmm. i'm okay and then like we're winning and jake's like all right man i'll dream just he's gotta like sink this And I sunk the uh like the eight ball with the uh
2: (laughs) I basically on the
0: scratched on the eight ball yeah. so um, and every time like back then whenever I'd see Craig Craig's like so I uh, play a lot of pool lately I was like "No, <laughs> <laughs> scratch a lot of <laughs> but yeah so it's uh, good times Craig and Sarah have been like We've been our good friends for a long time. We we know a little mm. too
2: much. Yeah, it's a (laughs) two-way street. It is. It is. is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Craig never let me uh, let that loss on Street Fighter down. I was like, oh, I lost one time, and it's like (laughs) I can't. It's burning inside of me. Need a rematch. Yeah, it sounds good. I love those guys. All right, anything, uh, any other last minute business before we go?
1: Yeah, uh, in the chat, people are talking about playing without a strap. And how do you how do you learn to play without a strap if you've been playing this whole time when with this strap? you know? like how do you get used to that
0: um i would suggest like playing sitting down without a strap so if you've always played with a strap and stuff and i've seen a lot of my private um you know private students do this is they, they have a strap on and stuff and a lot of them ha- are like up here and their their hands are kind of below this so which is fine if you're kind of strumming you know strumming that way but for the most part if it's down here on your lap you should have you know, your forearm up here instead, because that's kind of keeping it um you know, you're keeping it close here, you're putting it back, and it's getting that like kind of seesaw thing, you know. So but if it because if it's down here you can, but a lot of that weight kind of goes on the on the upper side. So you want to keep it nice and steady, it's here. So when you have your Ukulele without a strap sitting down, and then just basically make sure that you can now uh, you can hold it by just lifting up here and not let it uh, let it sit on your lap. So just kind of get used to that. If you can get used to that, not putting it on your lap, you can hold it up here. Then you're ready for the big time, baby. You can kind of stand up and uh, stand up and do it. But at least have a crutch like this. Where I'm kind of holding it without resting it on my uh, on my lap. But I can you know. So if it falls, I, it's it's still there, like right on my lap. I have you know, I have a. Of insurance but if i do this you know and i can get used to it and i can play it without it then that means you can stand up and play without a strap to kind of get that so once again uh forearm up here not so much down here you know like like this it's a little bit up here so it is kind of back but it's up here and that's um that's getting me to kind of pinch my my elbow back so that it's against my body and i'm holding i'm holding out on the left side and i can s- kind of stand here as you can see that i'm not but the trick really is how much you support it on the left side and making sure that you have the right you know the the right contact with your say your knuckle or your thumb and stuff and that's really what's important and even like this right here like um, behind your big knuckles that's usually like a, a good place to kind of hold it if you're doing like chord changes and stuff like quick chord changes be mindful of your left hand and where you're making contact
2: yep yeah
1: and that's, and then like, uh, people in the chat are saying it too, but like, Aaron has his video on how to hold the ukulele, and then like, mm. ukulele 100 goes over holding the ukulele too. So, mm-hmm. if you have problems with that, review those two things, and yeah, yes. you should get a pretty good idea for how to do it.
2: Yeah. And then and then I always say just walk around your house with your ukulele. (laughs) You know, if you kind of have a beater ukulele, like everybody should have a beater. You Mm. know, (laughs) if if you have a really expensive ukulele, you should still have a beater that you can just walk (laughs) around. Like, just bring it, you know, like if you're in the kitchen just play it to the kitchen and then throw it on the counter and then when you leave the kitchen grab it and then try to hold it and walk to the next room and you'll if you do that like for a day you'll it will be you know pretty quickly you'll figure out what is comfortable what what makes it slip and how to not make it slip and yeah you should you should probably be good after you know like you do that for a week mm-hmm. and you'll know how to hold it for life <laughs> i i think you can
1: get so good at playing ukulele if you do that and then if you like if you watch tv just like have your ukulele with you when you're watching tv and how you can mm-hmm. get super good at like uh, note recognition and, and like reproduction and stuff is like try to play with like along with you know all the different commercials all the different jingles all like mm-hmm. whatever theme music is you know playing for or background music is playing for the TV show and you will like yeah that's kind of like what I did and then or like playing along with radio and stuff it's like you make it a part of your like everyday life don't make it like oh ukulele time is from nine to ten and my (laughs) life is from eleven to twelve or whatever it's like if you can make it where it's just like integral to like everything you do i think that's how you become like a natural musician or you become Mm -hmm. better at music is you just yeah like take it everywhere with you and then always try to be playing it whenever you can Make it so it's, like, something that you can't put down.
0: Yeah, I give that advice uh, for people who, you know, who are wondering, like, how, how do I get better at strumming patterns? Like, it's always that. Like, how do I get better at strumming patterns? It's, like, just sit down, watch some TV, or, like, put on your favorite album or whatever it is. Put your left hand over the strings... And just like, you know, make like you're just drum along with whatever that song is. So you're not thinking about up, down, down, up, up, chunk up, left, right pattern. You're just like following along, you know, like and whatever that is that you're doing there um, is just you trying to create a strumming pattern. So there's no more patterns. You just kind of like follow along with the groove, find the groove by taking your left hand over, you know, over your strings. Like like I
1: said, it's
0: kind of using your right hand to groove along.
1: I, I just watched a uh, Karate Kid again, or yeah. like I was watching Karate Kid, and again for the you, what time? Uh, <laughs> which one? <laughs> after which after wish, a thousand Karate Kid, the or, or the original, right? After a thousand wow. times, do you do you count still? Like it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> but <laughs> hey,
0: you only watched Karate Kid for a thousand two hundred thirty seven time once. Oh, okay,
1: okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I gotta watch him go to Okinawa too, but um, Okinawa, yeah, Okinawa. <laughs> But, uh, I think that's what, like, a lot of people, a lot of people get frustrated because, like, we tell them stuff like this and they're like, you know, they're doing the whole wax on, wax off thing. Like, they're. Yeah. They're actively practicing that, but they don't see the end result of like, oh, this will get you to playing songs and stuff. Like but you you have to do these things where it's like Mm -hmm. just intent like you it might not seem important and you're just doing this with your everyday life. You're doing everyday things of building a fence or like waxing the floor or whatever, you know, painting the fence too. You're doing all these things and then eventually it leads up to karate or in this case like strumming, like strumming without to be told what to do or just playing along to songs.
0: I don't remember that part in Karate Kid. When, when did Shae Dre, um, you know, paint the fence? Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> come on. Shae never, I mean, I don't think that's what Jackie Chan told Shae Dre to do, right? <laughs> no,
1: come on. Uh. There's only wanna... one karate kid. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this out from so we just end <laughs> earlier the podcast. Let's just end it on a good note. Let's end it on good karate kid. Mm.
0: Alright guys. Well it is past our time. Thank you so much for everyone um, who's tuning in. Um, mahalo to all of you folks who are listening to the podcast or watching the replay. Thank you so much. Check out ukulele underground.com if you want to learn how to play the ukulele. Um, check out those videos like we were saying. There's um, there's going to be show notes so you guys can uh, check out Hagi like, Muas and you know and um and chris salvador all the stuff that we talked about make sure you check out the show notes we'll see you folks later have a great one see you tomorrow for the lower friday live jam and also stick around for the one-on-one coaching aloha